Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of uh, CT of Trauma. And we left off with this slide, and I made the point before that in this case, you see evidence of trauma to the perineum. You see some air in the ischial rectal fossa. There's probably a hematoma there. And you're going to have to look at a number of things. So first of all, you're going to have to look at the bladder because the mode of injury would suggest the patient could have had bladder injury. And you can see very nicely, bladder is well distended, 2D and 3D imaging, and looks great. There's no evidence of bladder injury. And you can see a few more views of that. In this case, however, you also would need to give contrast in the rectum because you would have to worry about the possibility of rectal injury. And again, um, very, very important to do this. Patients with gunshot wounds to the perineal region, injuries to the rectum or sigmoid colon, very, very critical because they can have severe consequences. Another case. Here's a patient with a gunshot wound to the pelvis. You can see very nicely the rectal contrast. Again, a dilute solution, the same solution you use for the bladder, works very well here. You put it through a small red rubber catheter. It works very nicely. And in this case, you can see the injury in the perineum. You can see the rectum is displaced to the left. There's multiple small bullet fragments present, but you do not see any contrast extravasation present. Now, you really have to worry that all those bullet fragments are present. There's some hemorrhage there. And you can see when I do the 3D reconstructions, you can see very nicely, particularly in the sagittal view, you see the rectal tube in place in this case, the contrast going into the colon, and you see very nicely there's no evidence of contrast extravasation. So again, how you do the study, very, very critical in being accurate. Now, as you scan the pelvis, the other thing I'll make the point is why IV contrast is so important with the rectal and the, uh, and the bladder contrast. Here's a patient with a hematoma in their thigh. It was, again, a gunshot wound, multiple areas of injury. When you looked at the CTA, look at the IVC. Look at the um, region of the patient's iliac artery and iliac vein down to superficial femoral vein and artery. And what you see is you see earlier pacification of venous structures. This is classic for an AV fistula status post-trauma. Just a beautiful example, and you see the large hematoma associated with it. So again, you really need to be on your best game when you look at trauma cases because there's so many areas that can be abnormal and what's very important is you're usually in a rush not that you're in a rush to go home but the clinicians are in a rush to make decisions and so you really have to be careful that you look at the full set of scans now a couple articles talking about pelvic CT angiography in trauma this article by Uedo the application of CT technology specifically 64 MDCT to pelvic CTA is useful in evaluating for potential vascular injuries and needs to be integrated into emission trauma imaging in order to triage patients with blunt pelvic trauma and its utilization detecting and characterizing vascular injury, including differentiation of arterial and venous hemorrhage. So again, the importance of that. And you can see in that article, they speak about the various types of vascular injuries from active extravasation to occlusion to pseudoaneurysm to AV fistula, which was the case I showed you a few moments ago. Another article by Curtez makes the point, pelvic CTA, significant utility in the evaluation of patients with blunt trauma, the ability to characterize arterial injuries and differentiate arterial from venous injuries is important in patient management. So again, that really is a good look at the pelvis. Think bladder, think rectum, colon, think 
uh, bone, symphysis, sacrum, acetabulum, and think about the vascular structures as well. And again, each of those areas can be involved, and often multiple areas will be involved. So again, if you see one thing wrong, keep looking. Don't be satisfied with the search. Okay, what else? Bowel. Bowel trauma is always one of the most challenging when you look at CT. Now, less than 5% of patients with severe abdominal trauma have bowel injuries, but the problem is delays in diagnosis as short as 8 to 12 hours increase rate of morbidity and mortality significantly because with bowel injury, you get peritonitis and sepsis. Delay can kill a patient. The small bowel is involved in over 50% of cases, and the proximal jejunum and distal ileum are the most common areas involved. Now, there have been a number of articles. Here was an article by Brofman a couple years ago. 5% of blood abdominal patients uh, have bowel and mesenteric injuries. It's the third most common type of injury from blood trauma to the abdominal organs. Three basic mechanisms can cause bowel and mesenteric injuries. Direct force may crush the GI tract. Rapid deceleration may produce shearing force between fixed and mobile portions of the GI tract. And a sudden increase in intraluminal pressure may result in bursting injuries. Brofman also goes on to make the point that CT is very accurate. It's the study of choice. And mentions some of the CT findings. Mesenteric and bowel injuries include bowel wall defects, intraperitoneal and mesenteric air, intraperitoneal extraluminal contrast material extravasation, uh, extravasation of contrast from mesenteric vessels, and bowel infarction. Again, um, it's important to recognize there's a range and a spectrum of findings in bowel injury. The most classic is free air. In the sense, when I see free air, I really have to worry. This article by Brofman makes the point that the trauma to the bowel, most common proximal jejunum and ligament of trites, where there is some fixation, and distal ilium. In these regions, mobile and fixed portions of the gut are continuous and therefore most susceptible to shearing force. Now, when we speak about bowel and mesenteric injury, we talk about CT findings. Transection of bowel with focal discontinuity, that's a great sign, but hard to see. Extraluminal oral contrast material, well, we're typically giving water or no contrast at all, so that's usually not that helpful. Pneumoperitoneum to me is critical. Yes, you can have a pneumoperitoneum from uh, a pneumothorax or a pneumomediastinum and air tracking down. You can see it from a perforation, from a stab wound, from the tract. But when I see pneumoperitoneum, I'm always concerned, and I over, I won't say I overcall, but I'm over-conservative about thinking about bowel injury. Sometimes you see a hematoma in the bowel wall of mesentery, Sometimes you see active extravasation. If you're looking for hemorrhage, arterial phase imaging becomes critical. And then the importance of bowel wall thickening with or without abnormal enhancement. Now, I mentioned this pneumoperitoneum a second ago, how important it is. But I made the point that intraperitoneal rupture of the bladder with a Foley catheter or massive pneumothorax or Barrett trauma, or if somehow the patient got a peritoneal lavage, it happens, or benign pneumoperitoneum are all other causes of pneumoperitoneum. But again, when I see pneumoperitoneum in the trauma patient, particularly injuries like stab wounds, gunshot wounds, I'm always suspicious for a, blad for a bowel injury, and I need to really truthfully exclude it. Some other facts with bowel wall trauma, focal bowel wall thickening, especially when associated with fluid in the adjacent mesentery, is an important sign of trauma. Diffuse bowel wall thickening may be due to the hypoperfusion complex. Remember I spoke before 
about how patients are in shock. They get bright adrenals, bright pancreas, decreased enhancement of the spleen, but you may also get dilated bowel with prominent enhancement. So again, you want to be careful in that regard. And also the point that mesenteric injuries can occur without bowel injury. And you can see simply active contrast extravasation. Now, in terms of bowel injuries, it can be short segment or long. Look at this patient who had trauma. There's lots of blood in the abdominal cavity, but look at the patient's duodenum. I'll show it to you. This is intramural hematoma in the duodenum. Often, it, uh, you can see it with football injuries. It's more focal. MVAs, you can see very extensive injury. Look at the coronals, and I'll show you a few more coronal views. Look how from the first and second portion of the duodenum, well past the ligament of trites, you can see it's markedly enlarged. It's not dilated. What you're really seeing is hematoma in the bowel wall. And again, here it is again on another set of images. Now, when we speak about bowel injury, particularly duodenal injury, you always want to think about the pancreas, pancreatitis as a result of trauma, be it just simply mild pancreatitis versus transection, they can occur together. So when I see a case like this in a patient with trauma who developed a pseudocyst, I'll look especially carefully at the bowel, as well as the pancreas, of course, because these two lesions often will go hand in hand. And in this case, not the best visualization of the bowel, but there was no bowel injury. What else? Here's the case you see blood in the pelvis. Now, we always comment, if you see fluid in the pelvis, you have to be concerned. Now, in women, perhaps it could be physiologic. In male, it's nearly always going to be a sequela of injury. Not always, but we see blood here. And we scan upward, look at this large bleed. You're looking at a large active bleed. And here it is in coronal. Where is that bleed? It's not the aorta. But when you start looking, and I'll show you a few more images, look at the CTA. You can see it's a branch vessel off the iliac. Of course, the common iliac aorta, it's, they're intact. Here it is again. Look at these views, and I'm showing you multiple views because this is what we had to try to analyze. There's obviously active bleeding. Where's the bleeding coming from? It's in the pelvis. But you can see large bleed. Well, when you look carefully, this is in the region of the sigmoid colon, beautiful 3D in this case, beautiful 2D in that case. And what the patient eventually had at time of surgery was a tear of vessels to the sigmoid colon with active bleeding following trauma. So just a very, very impressive example of that. It's really a very, very nice case in that um, you can see active extravasation. This is why arterial phase imaging works so nicely. In this case, you didn't see bowel injury per se. You saw the injury to the vessels supplying the bowel. So there was a shear and a tear, and that's what happened. Again, if you didn't give IV contrast or you didn't inject quick enough, you would have seen some blood and would have scratched your head not knowing what to do. In this case, the patient could go to surgery or go to angiography, and embolization can occur. So again, very, very important. Now, I'll go back to a couple of comments also about um, from Soto talking about hemoperitoneum. And this last case is a good example. He made the point that the presence of active extravasation and the rate of bleeding have a more direct effect on patient clinical care decisions than the volume of free blood. And the last case with very active extravasation, you really got to be on top of that patient. That patient can crash quickly. That patient's going to the OR. That patient's going to be managed very quickly. So a large bleed in the abdomen, often the bleed, um, particularly liver or spleen, 
you reach an equilibrium. But in a case like this with active bleeding, it's that active bleeding that really is the highest risk factor. Now, another case, this is a great example of a patient with a gunshot wound to the pelvis. This is why CTA works very, very well. Look at the active bleed within the rectum. A point to be made here is if you're looking at a gunshot wound, there is an advantage of doing a CTA first, and then if you need to, giving rectal contrast. You can imagine in this case, if I had given rectal contrast, there's no way I would have seen the bleed. It all would have blended in. You may have seen some injury to the bowel, but it would have been more difficult. So in a gunshot wound, perhaps the CTA followed by the rectal contrast is really the way to go. And this is just a wonderful example of that. This was eventually embolized. It shows the value of CTA looking at the rectum and perirectal regions as well. So concluding then, uh, MDCT offers unprecedented imaging capabilities that can be readily applied for optimal evaluation of the polytrauma patient. As Soto mentions, however, to maximize the diagnostic potential of the exam and at the same time minimize risk, CT protocols need to be tailored to match the need of each individual patient. And that's very important. We started the part one of the lecture talking about protocols. I think we have set protocols in the ER. We have a number of set protocols in the trauma patient. But I think you need to look at each patient individually and as necessary, modify the protocol. So again, it's not always a one size fits all. You need to know where to start from, but you need to know how to adjust. So again, hopefully these two talks have helped you, and I'm sure I'll be back a little bit later on with another talk on CT of trauma. And with that, have a great day.